Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. All right. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to Chris Platty Presents Hip Hop and Basketball. This is an NBA podcast. And this is a breaking news podcast. I'm recording this at noon Eastern time exactly. That's the start of the recording. But big news, about less than 10 minutes ago, Kevin Durant has announced he is signing with the Golden State Warriors for a two-year, $54 million deal with an option to opt out after next year. So, wow. Kevin Durant is going to the Warriors. Now, last night on my podcast that I did, I said that I wasn't sure if Kevin Durant was going to Golden State. Uh, I kind of had a feeling, but uh, I still did. I still did overall pick him to stay with the Thunder. So I am just as shocked as you are to see it now officially happening. Uh, we'll talk about the ramifications of it, what this means for the Warriors, what this means for the rest of the league coming up in a minute. So let's get into it. All right, so. Kevin Durant to the Warriors, again, two-year, $54 million deal. He wrote a letter um, He wrote a letter saying that this is the next chapter in his career, a beautiful letter. Um, talked about Westbrook, of course, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, Durant to the Warriors, and, man, I'm, I'm speechless right now. Uh, to me... To me, there's already been an article published about it, but um, to me, this is this is. I don't know the meeting, you know. Obviously, it wasn't there, but um, I think that the Jerry West pitch was what really resonated with Kevin Durant because Jerry West um, talked about his finals experiences and how him uh, joining forces with Will and everything made him better, and that like he that every finals loss he ever had haunts him. And I think that that really weighed on Durant's conscience. And overall, he picked the Warriors because he thought the Warriors were the best team and gave them the best chance to win. Now, I I do I do wonder what's uh, what's going to happen to the roster. Obviously, this means Harrison Barnes is gone, um, and then also it means that most likely Golden State is um, looking to trade Bogut. So with Kevin Durant. I do think that this does leave a hole at the center position. I don't know what they do to replace uh, to replace Bogut and maybe even Azili. I don't know if they let Azili walk now. Um, I'd have to look at the numbers for the cap situation. Depends on how much Azili gets. Depends if they even want Azili. He played bad in the in the late, in the um, playoffs and especially in the finals. So um, they they sold him. They sold. Okay, so this is according to Adrian Wojnarowski. The process with Kevin Durant and the Golden State Warriors players has been ongoing for months. They sold him on winning multiple titles together, easy and easing Curry load. Um, so, like meaning that Durant and Curry can, you know, take the load off of each other. And Curry, I think, is a much better fit with Kevin Durant uh, because of Curry's unselfishness. Uh, he does like to shoot. 
don't get me wrong, he's uh, still one of the the lead shot attempts in the league. Uh, but he does he does it unselfishly. He also he also passes the ball a lot more, and he also plays off ball very well, which is huge. Westbrook is not a big off ball player. Westbrook has to has to have the ball in his hands to really be super effective, um, and so that's why that's why Durant and Curry combination works a lot better. Uh, then again, you got Clay Thompson now, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry. I mean, that is a that is a big four that I don't think anybody's I don't think anybody ever seen coming. So this this is huge. This is huge, man. Um, Durant Durant is vital to this Warriors team because you've seen it in the playoffs last year. Now look, I'm not going to get into whether Curry was hurt or not last year. That's totally up for debate. Uh, you know, he says he's fine, but he also addressed it after the finals that he does need to recover uh, this offseason. So I'm not entirely sure what um, what the extent of his injury is. And even if even if it was he was healthy in the finals, which he, he did have times where he actually limped if you go back and watch the film. So I don't believe he was healthy, but... Um, even if even if uh, he is healthy, that whole two weeks took him out of rhythm, and you've seen him wildly inconsistent throughout the playoffs, and you've seen that against the Cavs, Kevin Durant w- would have been extremely helpful because they needed a guy who could go and get buckets, and Curry was just completely hounded. Um, he was he was uh, you know constantly being being pushed around and shoved around. Whereas Kevin Durant, if you give the ball to Kevin Durant. He he. I've said this in in multiple podcasts now. He has he might be literally the greatest scorer of all time because he has a mismatch on anyone. He can drop thirty on anyone. I mean, I, I'm I I hesitate to say it with Jordan, but I still believe it. I mean, Kevin Durant has a mismatch literally on everyone you could ever think about. He's either too quick for the big men to guard him at with his six eleven seven foot frame. And his and his gigantic wingspan, and then you talk about um, then you talk about he's he's too tall for for guards and wing players. So I mean he can literally get his shot up against anyone, and with his and with his jump shot and his um and his ability to and his ability to score buckets. I mean it, with that with that smooth touch, he's he's he might he might be the best scorer of all time to me. He might go down as the best scorer of all time to me. Because of because of that, he he literally has a mismatch against anyone, so um, he would be a huge help to the the Warriors last season uh, in the finals against Cleveland, because so many times they just needed a bucket and he can be that guy. And Kevin Durant is also unselfish too, so I think he fits the Warriors system far better than he ever fit in Oklahoma. And I think he also. Uh, I think he'll also work better with the pieces around him. I think he'll love having a guy like Draymond Green and not having to go against him. I think he'll love having a guy like Klay Thompson who could just hit every shot, you know, and and then Curry, of course, who could do the exact same thing. So uh, all these all these four guys are very unselfish. Now there will be a huge um, rough period of trying to figure out who uh, who gets what touches and all that stuff because. You know, you've seen that with every big three, every big... We've never seen a big four like this before, so you got to imagine it's even worse. Um, but we've seen it with Miami when LeBron went to Miami that he struggled to figure out with Wade. And, and Wade and LeBron and Bosh are all unselfish players, and they still struggled to figure it out. Then LeBron went back to Cleveland, still struggled to figure it out with Kyrie and Kevin Love. Some people some people question if they still have, haven't found it out yet. But um, 
with with the Warriors and their big four again, they are all unselfish. So I do believe in the long run it will work. And Kevin Durant wouldn't go there if he didn't think that it would work. Um, but but I mean you gotta you gotta look at it this way. You gotta look at the fact that that they are four unselfish players and that they are. Kevin Durant changes the dynamics of any team he goes on. So Curry, Clay, and Draymond may have the great chemistry that they have, but you can't just easily slide in Kevin Durant and say, okay, this is how it's going to go now, and um, you're going to just do what we're doing. But, uh, you know, so so it's it's a difference. I mean, instead of Harrison Barnes, you have Kevin Durant now as your fourth option. Well, I mean, obviously Kevin Durant's not the fourth option, but your big four was before Curry, Draymond, Clay, and either Barnes or Iguodala. Now you have Durant. Um, as as part of your big four, so that's a huge adjustment. Um, as a result, I do expect them to have a lot of struggling points throughout the first year. Maybe not even win it because if you see, if history tells us anything, it's that the team, the big team that's assembled, never wins their first year. Miami didn't win. Cleveland didn't win. So I mean, I can go, I can go on and on with this. So the big teams that were assembled, the elite teams that were assembled, never won their first year together. Uh, San Antonio obviously didn't win their first year together, so there's so many there's so many uh, factors to to think about, and that that's the big one to me. So right now, it's as crazy as it sounds, and as good as I think this team is, I mean this team went 73 and nine without Kevin Durant. Now I know that taking out Bogut and Barnes is going to cost you a little bit, but I mean my God, you're adding Kevin Durant. So you got to think that you got to think that you can improve on seventy three and nine, right? I mean, maybe, maybe not this year, maybe next year, uh, maybe the following year after that. But um, you know, this this is this is huge. This changes the landscape. I really do think uh, this is the birth of a dynasty. Now, I was on record saying after the finals that I didn't think that the Warriors dynasty would actually last, and that I kind of caught on the hype train a little bit too soon uh, earlier in the season. But um, because I thought Barnes was going to leave or be maxed out, which would kill the Warriors cap. Uh, Bogut's deteriorating, but now if they can get rid of these problems and get Kevin Durant, who can... Look, Kevin Durant, I think you're going to see it with how innovative the Warriors are. I think you're going to see Kevin Durant at the five quite often. Or Kevin Durant and Draymond as, as the power forward and center. And however, whatever order you choose. Those two together... That would be a nuclear death lineup. I know they talk about, um, I know they call it the death lineup with uh, with Barnes, Green, Iguodala, Curry, and Clay. But uh, you take out Harrison Barnes and you add Kevin Durant to that lineup, and man, that is an incredible lineup. So uh, this is this is going to be great. And hold on, I got breaking news here. So the Warriors uh, renounced their rights to Festus Azili, making him an unrestricted free agent. Okay, so that's another move to, to clear the cap space, basically, is what that is. Uh, I believe his cap hold was about $2 million, maybe, maybe maybe a little less, honestly, because he was the 30th pick in the first round. So it might be a little less than $2 million, but um, I want to say around $2 million is his cap hold right now. Let me see if I can find that out for you. Uh but yeah, so that that also means that Festus Azili might be leaving too. So I have no clue what they do with the center position. That'll be interesting. I mean, maybe Draymond Green moves to center permanently, um, at least at least for the time being, until they can uh, until they can um, you know until they can find some type of replacement. Uh, 
but I imagine though in the Bogut trade that they're going to ask for some type of center back. Uh, it's just they they need to have at least one traditional big man. So um, let's see if I can find anything out about that about that um, Harrison Barnes. Not sorry, sorry, not Harrison Barnes. Um, about the uh, Festus Azili cap hold. Um, I'm not seeing anything on the Festus Azili cap hold right now. Uh, just, just a bunch of talk about Warriors um, looking to trade Bogut, which again I said before. I said before earlier in the podcast that is going to be a clear. Um, that's clearly the next move for the Warriors is trading Andrew Bogut, moving on from that. But but again, it's it's going to be really interesting what they do with the center position. I don't know who they're going to go after now in terms of free agency. Um, but but I assume that in the Bogut trade they're looking to get some type of center, and the team that acquires Bogut, I I would figure is acquiring Bogut just to uh just to have flexibility for the cap in the future. Now Bogut is actually, believe it or not, despite how bad he played at times throughout the season, he is actually considered what you would call an asset rather than a rather than a um what's the term I'm looking for. Uh, rather than a liability, I guess you could say. Uh, because Bogut is a contract that expires after after this season. And again, I mentioned this before in my other podcast, that um, that there's a floor that teams have to have to get their cap to, uh, their player salary to, and I and it's scheduled to be eighty five million dollars and the floor is um or that's the floor and the max cap is ninety four million. So you have to get pretty close to that, and that's again, that's a rule to create incentives so that teams don't just, you know, fill out the roster with a bunch of cheap players and profit, uh, profit off that, or try to profit off that. Um, and and again, it's supposed to level out the competition. So let's see what kind of centers are out there on the open market. Let me pull out the old free agency tracker. Miles um, Plumley, Miles Plumley wouldn't be a bad pick. He's from the Bucks, not Mason Plumley, the better of the Plumleys. Um, but you know the lesser one. He's still a seven foot big who's sort of mobile. Uh, I would I would actually I would actually consider him. I'm sure you can get him for cheap because he's a guy who didn't have many opportunities to show his value. Uh, Nene Nene is a free agent at this moment. Uh, Played for the Wizards. Now again, he's not the rim protector that Bogut is, but he's a nice passing scoring big that I think can really help them offensively. Uh, Zaza Pachulia played for the Mavs. Had a great year. Uh, I believe, I believe he would he would be one of those guys that would be willing to take a huge pay cut to play for such a championship team. Um, after being middle of the pack his whole career, basically between Dallas and Atlanta, I'm sure he would uh, and Milwaukee. I'm sure he wouldn't mind going to a contender. Uh, David Lee, David Lee is a real option, guys. Um, he the whole the, there's a rule that when you trade a player, you can't sign him for a year after. So um, that year obviously is up. And so I think David Lee would be a great option to return to the to the Warriors. I'd actually like to see that happen, whether that's um, whether he doesn't play or not. Just you know, sentimental reasons. Um, Cole Aldridge, another guy. Tyler Zeller, another guy. These are these are all centers that I'm naming that are relatively low in the rankings. Um, that could that could potentially go to the the Warriors. Um, let's see if there's any of the. Of the top free agents, I would really consider going to the Warriors. Um, 
Festus Azili, look, just because they renounce his rights doesn't mean that they will um that they will <laughs> that they that they won't sign him because uh there there's a chance that Festus Azili, I don't know I know he does have a good relationship with the guys on the team, so maybe he he's doing the team a favor and you know, taking a discount, but then again, I don't think he, I don't expect him to get paid after how bad he played in the playoffs. Uh, but you know, he might. All it takes is one team, right, in this massive cap space. Uh, so that that's about does it for the centers in terms of um, in terms of who who I see them go after. Tim, Timothy Moskov would actually have been a good pickup. Uh, obviously, not for that amount of money that the Lakers picked him up for, but that would have been. That wouldn't have been a bad move for for the uh, Warriors to get Moskov. Uh, so yeah, I'd say David Lee, Brandon Bass is also a possibility, but again, not a rim protector. Tyler Zeller would actually be really nice. I think uh, he's shown flashes of being a pretty good rim protector, and I think that in in the Warriors system, I think he could actually be an absolutely perfect fit. Now I don't know where he's at in terms of negotiation with with the uh, with the Celtics. I believe he wants to stay there, and that's been the report so far. But we'll see what happens there. Zaza Pachulia again. I said I said him earlier. I think he would be a great fit. So all these guys, I think are are guys you could look out for for the Warriors to sign. Now remember, the key thing is this is the moratorium period, meaning that players agree to contracts in principle, and this means that they haven't officially signed Kevin Durant. That can't happen till July 7th. So right now, what they can do is they can um, they can agree to deals in principle. So what this allows teams to do is this allows teams to agree to contracts with their free agents. And then what they do is they... Uh, now, now they can go over the cap to get players like... Like this is how this is what the Pistons are doing. They're a perfect example. So the Pistons signed, they had t- about twenty million dollars in cap space. They signed Ish Smith and John and John Luer. and so uh, those two alone equaled about twenty million, which is what they had in cap space. Now again, Drummond is a free agent, but you're allowed to go over, you're allowed to go over your contract or I'm sorry, over your salary cap to re-sign your own players. So what this does is is um is now that they're going to give Drummond the max to five years, $130 million. That was reported on the first day. Um, and, and the Warriors are probably going to do that with maybe Festus Azili. Um, you know, Sean Livingston, I believe, is a free agent, so he'll he'll probably stay with the Warriors. Um, all these guys, all their role players, most spates might. Most spates, uh, I think that this, this opens up a spot for most spates on the roster, actually, because, again, they are so... Um, depleted at the center position that I think that most fates even though he's not a rim protector he he could be a nice nice player to have a nice 12th man um, so so again this is uh, this is basically a way for teams to maneuver their cap space and, and use it in the most efficient way possible um so let's let's see uh, let's speak of speak of their free agents so they have Barbosa Livingston and um, let's see who else is there free agent. Let me see if I can look up there. Let me see if I can look up their teams real quick. Uh, but real quick, while I'm looking up their teams, you guys can reach me on Twitter at crispy1132. That's C H R I S P Y 1132. And through there, you'll be able to find 
um, you'll be able to contact me and uh, tweet me some questions you have maybe about the NBA or about my hip-hop podcast series. And through there, you will be able to, um, like I said, contact me. And if your question is good enough, it might even air the podcast or, or a later podcast. So um, I'm not seeing anything in terms of contracts. Uh, I'm just seeing I'm just seeing their actual roster. But I know that Ian Clark, who they renounced, and um, Kevin Loney, uh, I believe that's how you say it. I'm not sure. Or not Loney, uh, James McAdoo, rather. Uh, those are two guys that they renounced bird rights to uh, in order to create cap space. Uh, again, I know Maurice Spates is a free agent. I believe Brandon Rush as well. I know Vergeau is. Uh, I don't. He he might he might actually come back now. As crazy as that sounds, because uh, they're so depleted at that center position. Uh, so so I guess that's that's the real worry for me is what do they do with the center position. I know they did sign the other day. They signed one of their foreign um, big men. I believe they drafted him a while ago. I um, I believe they drafted him two years ago. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe it was this year's draft, but I thought it was the last year's draft um, that they signed that, that they drafted a, a foreign big man. So I know he's coming over for real cheap. That will help them a lot. Um, again, I I expect the, the Warriors aren't done building this roster. They're not just adding Kevin Durant. And that's it. Again, they're trading. They're trading Bogut. They're, I I imagine that they want a center in return, a relatively cheap center, or maybe they just want the full eleven million dollars in cap space. Not entirely sure. Um, so we'll we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I'd have to I'd have to get deeper into the numbers. Let me see if I can find um, the Warriors cap situation. Golden State. Team payroll. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay, so Sean Livingston is actually guaranteed through next season. Harrison Barnes, Mo Spates, Barbosa, Festus Azili, Brandon Rush, Ian Clark, James McAdoo, and Verichow are all free agents. Now, um, their team... Okay, so right now they're scheduled at $80 million. Now, this is before Kevin Durant. And remember that the... Um, that the uh, that the salary cap is ninety four point I believe six million. So that leaves that leaves them with roughly fourteen and a half million in cap space. And um, again, so that's uh, Kevin Durant's max I believe starts at twenty five, maybe twenty seven. Um, so and Andrew Bogut's contract is eleven million. So if it does start at twenty five then trading Bogut absolutely frees up all the necessary cap space you need for Durant. And then, um, uh, let's see, let's see what kind of rights they got. Um, okay, Sean Livingston and most fates are on the mid-level exception, and so is Barbosa's on a mini. Uh, Brandon Rush is on minimum salary, minimum salary, minimum salary. Um, okay, so what I would expect them to do is I would expect them to sign Resign Barbosa, Spates um, at their at the mini mid level, uh, or or even as low as the minimum salary itself. Uh, I I expect them to use that the rest of the mid level exception, which is about um, which is roughly about uh, four million. That um, I expect them to use that four million dollars to get a center on the market. 
uh, $4 million per year for, for a year or two, I think would be a good, a really good addition. And uh, they, they could get somebody really quality for that. I do believe you could get a Zaza Pachulia, David Lee, whoever you wanted for that kind of money. Uh, even though everybody's getting paid, I, I, you, you'll always find ring chasers, especially centers. Uh, centers are, are notoriously known for ring chasing. Amongst all the other positions, centers seem to be the most frequent of ring chasers. <laughs> okay, so um, what else could they do with this cap space? They could. Uh, they, I expected to re-sign, uh, re-sign Verjao. I do expect it, unless Verjao retires, obviously. Um, I do expect him to sign Brandon Rush for the minimum uh, because he he was great for them, and I be, I don't believe that he's a guy who's going to get paid around the league. I think Barbosa, I think Barbosa and Spates again signed for the minimum, and then you use the mid level exception to get a, a quality big man like a um, like a Zaza Pachulia, David Lee, Tyler Zeller, etc., and then um, maybe and then maybe go over the cap to re-sign Azili, so that gives you two centers, and um, that will that will be. That that would be it. Um, and then kind of fill out the roster with with a bunch of minimum salary wing uh, wing players who are who are ring chasers. But uh, yeah, you got the foundation. You got Curry, who's twenty eight, uh, Draymond twenty six, Clay twenty six. You know, you got you got a very nice core, and Kevin Durant, who I believe is also twenty eight. So <laughs> all of a sudden now you have uh, you have the core four, and every year you're just going to replug um, and retool. Now next year, Kevin Dur- or sorry, Steph Curry would and Kevin Durant would both be free agents, and now what that will do is that will clear up um, some massive, massive cap space, and also um, Iguodala is a free agent as well, and Sean Livingston, so that frees up an additional twenty-seven million plus the cap rises thirteen million, and Durant will opt out, so all of a sudden that gives you a lot of um, money to retool. So. This year, they might be a little bit strict on retooling, but next year, they'll have a lot of options to retool. Now, granted, they got to they, they gotta give Curry the max. There's no question about that. Um, Iguodala, I assume, will take a massive pay cut to stay on the team. Um, again, Bogut's salary will, or salary will be gone, so you won't have to worry about that. Sean Livingston will be, um, his salary will be gone. I expect him to sign back for the minimum or maybe even the middle level again. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, so right now it looks like 2016, 2017 that their roster might be, the pieces around them might not be too great um, because of because of their cap situation. But next year, between the cap rising a good amount again, plus the fact that you now have, uh, that you now have Curry, Durant, and Iguodala all off the books, at least temporarily, until you can, again, go over the cap to re-sign them. So next year, I expect them to make a lot of, uh, a lot of improvements in terms of, uh, in terms of how they build this roster. So, so again, next year, next year, their roster might not be as strong as the following year. 2017, 2018 looks like the, looks like the season where they'll have the most, uh, cap space to offer. So keep that in mind as we, as we move on. And, I think that will I think that will do it for the podcast. Uh, sorry for all the stuttering and all the mumbling. I mean, this is I went in no preparation work whatsoever. Just completely seeing the breaking news, knew I had to talk about it. 
uh, sorry, I'll, I'll try and get you a, a podcast later today about the rest of the uh, NBA free agency. Uh, I, I'm actually working on getting you a guest for the first time, so you won't have to hear me the entire time. Uh, so talking to some people about some guest opportunities, uh, it would be a recorded late night podcast, probably be up the following morning. Uh, so so this will be my podcast for today. Maybe if things don't fall through, I'll do another a little bit later in a few hours to try and update you on whatever else happens in the NBA. Or I'll just wait till tomorrow and have another podcast for you guys to continue this series. Uh, so thank you guys for tuning in to this emergency podcast. Uh, again, you can find all my content on my Twitter. That's chrispy1132. And through there, you'll have a link to my Podbean or iTunes. Uh, it doesn't matter what you choose. Just if you choose iTunes, leave a review, rate me five stars, and write write a nice little review because that's what the companies see when in terms of advertisement opportunities. Uh, so if you do that there, um, at Podbean, again, write write a nice review, write a nice comment or something if you can. I'd appreciate that. Uh, I got some stuff coming, not only NBA, but also some hip-hop stuff that I'm working on. So I'll get back to hip-hop podcast because I know it's been a while. But uh, this is this is day five of the uh, 13 podcasts and 13 days series for the NBA free agency. And I thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll see you tomorrow with another podcast, maybe later today also. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.